This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. Coming up on today's show, we head down to Otter Tail Country, find out how the bite is there, and specifically how the bite is for some great panfish. We've got Garrett Spear of Slab Seeker Guide Service to tell us all about it, plus our leg of the week from the Aitken area. It's all coming up. I got my fishing pool keys, tackle box in my hand, gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand. Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man, but the wife, she just don't understand. I love walleye perch, trout and bass, and if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my four-stroke right in the back. Cause the fishes all tremble at the thought of me when I'm fishing for Bunyan Country. This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored in part by Bumaji State University. You can pursue your passions with a world-class education in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods. The drive to acquire deeper knowledge and develop greater wisdom is already in your nature. So join us on the shores of Lake Bemidji. Minnesota's premier Northwoods University can help you make the world a better place than you found it. Learn more at BemidjiState.edu and schedule a tour today. BemidjiState.edu This is Dick Dursley, and this is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Well, we're checking in with Garrett Spear of Slab Seeker Guide Service down in Otter Tail Country. Garrett, welcome back to the show. Hey, how you doing, Kev? Thanks for having me on. How's everything in Otter Tail Country this spring and early summer? Well, it's good. Fishing has been good. It was kind of an interesting year. We had a real late ice out, mm-hmm. and then uh, water temps, uh, you know, got high really quick. I think the crappie spawn, I joked with some clients and some friends, that I feel like the crappie spawn lasted about two days. Those fish were on beds was all... And, uh, you know, the bluegill spot has been a little more drug out. I'm still finding bluegills on, on beds. But um, I would say the, the beak of it is done. I'm finding less less bedding bluegills every day, and it's uh, finding more fish in those midsummer spots out on main lake structure, points, humps, um, deep weed edges, stuff like that. Yeah, I know that uh, the panfish is your deal, but we've been in the midst of a really great walleye bite up in our neck of the woods. How about down there? Ah, uh, yeah. There's been there's been good walleye fishing up here um, on on a lot of lakes. Uh, I was on big pine crappie fishing with customers a few times this year, and uh, you know we've had a nice mix of uh, dinner walleyes and crappies out there. So it's been kind of a fun fun place to go. Um, I haven't spent much time out there myself, but I hear the bites you know real good on otter tail for walleyes. Um, people are even you know even catching some real big fish out there. I've seen oh, a couple pictures of fish you know in the 28 to 30 inch range on otter tail this year that people have sent me you know just pretty incredible fish um and so yeah it's it's, it's been good too even some of these smaller lakes we're fishing bluegills we've had a nice kind of healthy mix of some walleyes mixed in okay well and and, and we've had just like an like i say a tremendous bite we've had some big tournaments here and and the numbers have been astronomical uh, and I'm assuming just the, the, the nature of uh, fishing in general, when one fish bites, it seems a lot of them are going, and it sounds like your panfish bite's pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah, it's real good. You know, the water temps got high really quick. You know, it's usually a much uh, slower, gradual thing. Um, and so it seemed like all the fish spawned quick. The, the crappie spawned quick, the bass spawned quick, and then now the bluegills are wrapped up for the most part before they usually are. And so things kind of moved quickly, but... Uh, 
Everything's been good. Uh, I've been bass fishing with customers recently, and uh, that bite's been fantastic, too. I mean, I think we used, it was a really good Yamamoto Cinco bite here recently, and I think we've been using, oh, I think the other day we probably used eight bags of Cinco, so you, that'll tell you about how many fish we, we hooked the other day. There's a ton of fish up shallow, um, you know, and we found most of those fish in, you know, less than 10 feet of water. Wow. Okay. Well, that. That's easy. Yeah, that's, that's pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty easy fishing there. Uh, you know, the on some of these stained lakes, the weed growth isn't out real deep yet, mm-hmm. and so um, they're up in those those weeds, and most of the weed growth in those lakes that are a little stained is in less than ten feet of water. Now, the clear lakes, I think you're going to find the fish out deeper because you're going to see some deeper weed growth, but. Um, but we've had some heavy algae blooms, so it's even even those clearer lakes, it doesn't seem like we have a lot of really deep weed growth yet. So uh, most of our efforts have been focused shallow. So um, wh- what are you seeing out there? I mean, does it look like you got a several year classes? Uh, are your populations in good shape? Um, as far as uh, you know, big panfish mm-hmm. or for yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There's. Uh, these special regulations have helped at quite a few of our lakes. I, th- I feel like, um, you know, on one lake in particular, they, they've had, for three years now, they've had the, the the five fish bluegill limit. And, you know, that lake we used to work pretty hard to catch some 10-inch fish. Now those fish are almost 11 inches long. Wow. And you're starting to see some of those fish every day, um, a couple in that 11-inch caliber, which are pretty special fish that, um, you know, the people that hire me are often looking for a couple of big photo fish, yeah. personal best type thing. Wow, that's the no; those are those are impressive. Those are impressive fish for sure. Yeah, and I, I hope the trend continues and we can, you know, start to see some fish that are up around two pounds. Okay. Well, I, you know, we've got uh, some AIS issues up here, certainly zebra mussels in a lot of our key lakes. In fact, I just heard, and I haven't confirmed it yet, that another one might have it. Um, so what about your lakes? What about otter tail country? What's the zebra mussel situation down there? You know, we, we definitely we definitely have them. Um, I guess I'm always kind of surprised it, it isn't more prevalent than it is, and, and I, I feel like it's often worse in other parts of the state um you know and it, it's kind of surprising because there's so many small lakes there's a thousand forty two small lakes here and and so a lot of people go lake hopping it's not uncommon instead of you know backing your trailer into leech or cast or winnie like a lot of people do more out east uh, here to hit these small lakes and hit five or six lakes during a day because you can kind of cover the available structure and the things you want to do on one lake in a couple hours and then kind of move on. So I'm surprised we don't have more more problems with that than we do, but uh, people must be doing a good job with the clean, dry, and drain thing and, and uh, keeping, them, keeping them out. I know, you know, I haven't seen that quite a few aquatic invasive um, inspectors this year, which is a good thing, you know, making sure people got water out of their live wells and you know, and, and and that little bit of water in your motor they've really been on people for, and that's something I've done forever. I feel like it's better for the seals in your motor, too. But just tip, you know, tip your outboard all the way down as you're kind of finishing your routine around your trailer and get all that water out of there because that holds a quite a bit of water in there, too, if you keep it t- tilted up the whole time and you pull it out of the lake. Okay. Um, you know, when we talk about uh, 
zebra mussels and its effects. We tend to be talking about its effects on walleyes up here because so many of it uh, is the big walleye lakes, and we know walleyes are very affected and very skittish. What about panfish? Does a clearer water affect the panfish bite? Yeah, you know, I think of, uh, I'll give you an exact example and even, uh, you know, kind of give you some 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 baseline for it. So I, I talk to people regularly up here that uh, one lake that's been hit pretty hard um, by them would be would be Battle Lake, um, and and that lake has gotten clearer and clearer and clearer with with the zebra mussels, and it's always been known as a really pretty good crappie lake and a really popular place to go catch crappies. And I'll often talk to guys who now struggle catching crappies out there, and uh, you know the crappie fishing it, it, it is still pretty good. But the thing about it is it, it definitely moved the fish deeper. Okay. Uh, they used to go to spots, and they had waypoints that they always caught crappies up in shallow water when there was, you know, not, not such clear water. And now that it's so clear, um, I, I don't think there's there's less crappies. There's still a whole bunch of them out there. But the fish tend to uh, utilize deeper water. Okay. And so, I you know, I I think with panfish, I don't, I don't know if it's made it – any worse fishing it's just changed the thing you know the way that the fish react and it's it's pushed them out deeper where they aren't so affected by the, the brightness and and i would say that's certainly the case on on walleye lakes as well it's not where it's not that they disappeared it's just they went somewhere new and you you got to figure out what that's going to be so does that change the type of presentation you need to use um, yeah, I think it does does as well too. You know, on on uh, those dirty stained lakes when you're fishing really shallow, um, you know, you're you're. Yeah, I I tend to, to troll crappies a lot on some of those dingy lakes with things like roadrunners that have a blade, and you're creating a lot of flash and vibration, so those fish can can find your bait, and uh, you can do far more natural, subtle things on some of these clearer lakes, and and you're gonna want to look deeper i guess would be my biggest advice because we've done equally as well on battle um as we used to do but i i don't do it in the same spots that i used to do it i'm finding these fish significantly deeper um and the vegetation is growing deeper so you just kind of have to relate to everything as the water gets clearer that weed growth is going to happen deeper in the lake as well so with the the fish going deeper, do you have to use a different color, a different type of bait to attract them because the, of the change in light? Um, no, honestly, I, I tend to kind of still stick with the same things. Okay. Um, you know, in Bobby Garland's, I like that electric chicken, um, you know, pinks, whites, um, like that bloody minnow, that, uh, kind of clear iridescent red is always really good. Um, but, you know, as far as crappies go, I tend to kind of stick with reds, whites, pinks. Okay. Things with green and pink. So so your, uh, your, your uh, guests, so it, that when you're taking them out, um, what panfish are they most interested in? Well, I get a, kind of a combination. Uh, lately, I've been in a really big run of bass trips. I had a couple of groups from out of state that wanted to go largemouth fishing, which has been fun. It's a great time of year to do that. Um, we're, we're post-spawn here. The fish are still up on the bank in big numbers, so it's not like you're drop-shotting deep water or, 
you know, doing any video game fishing, you're able to put the trolling water down, kind of work a whole bunch of area. Um, the fish were more concentrated, and now I'm kind of finding them starting to spread out a little more. And so it's uh, fish here, fish there, but we've been putting up some big numbers. Um, a lot of people want to go crappie fishing. I have, you know, a lot of guests that book year to year, and we troll crappies uh, this time of year on the weed edges. Use a lot of things like beetle spins and road runners and uh, put miles on the boat. It's uh, it's like strolling. It's a real slow troll. Try to keep the boat moving about a mile an hour and uh, and hit those pods of fish. And then, you know, when you when you hit a big group of fish, often we'll spot lock and then we can cast for them yeah. with kind of the same presentations we're trolling with and then pick off as many as we can until the action slows down and then we troll around and, and find another pot of fish. Um. And then bluegills are always a, a customer favorite. You know, in Fisherman Magazine years ago rated us in the top 10 places in the country to catch a trophy bluegill, Ottertail County, Minnesota. So um, a lot of people that have big bluegills on their bucket list. Had some real neat stuff this year. Had a son that took his dad that uh, has been fighting cancer. Always wanted to catch a giant bluegill for the wall. He got two that he's going to get mounted. Oh, so I had some neat stuff nice. like that this summer, too, yeah. that was real special, you know, Very for me. Cool. Sometimes as a fishing guide, you think you're not saving the world for sure, you know, but yeah. uh, when you get to do something nice like that, that, that really feels good. Garrett Spear of Slab Seeker Guide Service in Otter Tail Country, my guest. we got a lot more to cover with Garrett, but up next, it's our latest Lake of the Week, and we're headed over to the Aitken area. This is Mandy here, doing my part to keep Kev Jackson's ratings up on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. If you're ready to write the next chapter of your life and love the outdoors, Northwest Technical College might be the perfect fit. Northwest Technical College in Bemidji has state-of-the-art technical education and six career paths in the heart of the Northwoods. Automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology. We're surrounded by more than 400 lakes and acres and acres of forests. You can be fishing, you can be hunting, and you can be plotting the course of your life all at the same place. The shortest path to your dream job begins at Northwest Technical College, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. I'm Jason Durham, the smarter and better-looking Jason, and this is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Lake of the weekday, lake of the weekday, lake of the weekday, holy cow. It is Lake of the Weekday. We've got Rick Brusowitz joining us from the uh, Aiken Area Fisheries Office. We're going to talk today about Gun Lake, and I always put you on the spot and ask how these lakes get their name. Gun Lake is one that I'm really curious. Do you have any idea why it's called Gun Lake? I think so. Oh. I, it, it's a popular waterfall lake, or at ah. least it had been in the past, and there's a place called Gun Point, if you can imagine that, okay. um, that uh, I think was uh, was was a was the spot in the heyday of the bluebills uh you know decades and decades ago um now it has a house on the tip of the point so it makes it a little difficult although there's uh there's still water following that uh that happens on the lake okay well what are we going to find on gun lake when we go fishing there oh gosh uh, uh just about anything um <laughs> all right <laughs> It's it's a it's a great panfish lake. It's got some walleyes. It's got some bass. Some of those bass are pretty darn big. Um, uh, it's a it's it's a overall a pretty nice lake. Fairly moderate density of northern pike, and so with that you often get uh, some slightly better fish. 
last time go around. Yeah, it was it was looking up about a third of the fish that we saw were uh, over uh, 26 inches. So mm -hmm. that's a that's a pretty decent fishery. Yeah, it is. I mean, average uh, weight of um, 3.6 pounds. That's really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not a not the typical hammer handler hammer handle lake that we have uh, many of in the area. Well, um, and it's got some walleyes. Yeah, uh, that we've we've been trying to manage walleyes here for decades. And um, you know, it, it actually used to have some natural reproduction that occurred in the in, in the past, but uh, we haven't seen much of that lately. Uh, fry stocking wasn't as good as it once was, um, so we're back on a fingerling schedule uh, for annual stocking. And uh, you know, hopefully, you know that that restarted up uh, a few years back. So hopefully, we'll we'll start to improve the numbers on on the walleyes. There's a couple of cool things we need to talk about on Gun Lake, but right now I want to I have a follow-up question on the walleyes. So uh, from a DNR perspective, there's a lot of lakes in, in any of the area offices, any of the people I talk to, where there's a lot of walleye stocking and, and they keep uh, trying different things. Because I, I'm assuming it's because walleye are, are that popular, but some lakes just, they just even though it, it looks like it should be fine, it, it just doesn't work for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah, and there's, there's, you know, you've heard about system change, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's lots and lots of things that are happening across the area, um, uh, you know, with respect to water quality, for instance, that uh, make it a little bit tougher for, for fish like walleyes. Um, we've been, uh, you know, watching it pretty closely out on, on Gun Lake, and and uh, like I said, we're we're doing our best to, to maintain those uh, the, the walleyes and get them back up to what they once were, um, which was you know not super high density, but somewhere between that two and four or five fish in that range. Um, and uh, right now we're we're going the right direction, but uh, not not quite there yet. Okay. Well, you mentioned a really good panfish on that lake. Good enough that it's part of that panfish initiative. It is, yeah, from part of the uh, uh, Quality Sunfish Initiative, the QSI program. Uh, we uh, we looked at a lot of lakes in the area, and uh, uh, Gunn was one of the ones we chose to participate in that with a 10-fish sunfish limit, daily sunfish limit. So uh, that's one where you, you need to watch your P's and Q's uh, um, and make sure you're, you're aware of that. But the, the signs are at all the public accesses, and... Um, and so, uh, uh, as well as in the regulations and on the the website, but uh, it's uh, it's definitely something we we're hopeful that we could bring it back to to what it once was. Gun Lake used to have uh, some uh, really really quality bluegills, and uh, it's still not bad, um, but uh, not quite like they once were. And yet, we think that they should should be or could be. I know we're very early still into this uh, this initiative, but have you seen or noticed in the early stages anything positive or negative about uh, any lakes that have it yet? Um, uh, no, not at all. Okay. I mean, really, what is it? This the, the third year, maybe? Yeah, just starting uh, the third so year. Yeah. We we really haven't even started evaluating. Uh, you know, most of our lakes are on five year rotations and. And so uh, uh, it, it's it's way too early to say what that. Then that is a, a bit of a beef that I have. Uh, we often uh, uh, expect things to change overnight, and with these types of fisheries, and especially with subtle changes, um, it, it takes a lot longer than one might think. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I'm a very modern, computerized person who expects things right away, so this long-term yeah. stuff is really getting on my nerves. <laughs> Patience, my well, young Padawan, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if for people in, in, uh, in your work, um, you better not want instantaneous gratification. Right, right. That's exactly the way it works. I mean, you know, it, here's something that's, that's kind of amazing. With, with a walleye fishery, for instance, you can have a decent walleye in about four years, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, you know how big a bluegill is in four years, even in a lake that's growing well. A good, a good growth lake for bluegills in four years are six inches long. <laughs> so, um, and, and more typical, they're four inches long. Right. So it, it takes a long time to produce an 8-inch bluegill wow. um, where they can. And uh, some places it's just not feasible. This place, it most definitely is. And, and we do see numbers of fish over 8 inches, and, and we've seen many bigger than that in the past as well, uh, which is why we, uh, we chose Gunnis uh, uh, for one of our lakes uh, in the QSI program. Okay. Um, where are we going to find Gun? Where we're going to find gun? Okay, well, this one, uh, we are going to travel north from Aiken on U.S. Highway 169-210 and then take 210 east towards Duluth. And about four miles in, there'll be a public access sign pointing to the north. And that public access sign will take you to Gun Lake off of the Gun Lake Road. Okay. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, you, you mentioned that it was well-known, you know, as a waterfowl lake, and it sounds like it's pretty well-known as a fishing lake. Does it get a lot of pressure? It gets a fair amount of pressure. I mean, it's, a, you know, over 700-acre uh, lake, so there's there's fishing pressure coming from all over. There's the, the, the you know, lakeshore owners, uh, uh, shoreline development that's, uh, that, that's doing the fishing as well as, water sports, um, so it can be at sometimes a, a little bit busier lake. There is a significant amount of undeveloped shoreline, though, that's, uh, you know, more wetland-type scenario stuff, um, wild rice and things like that, but uh, certainly uh, uh, is, a, is a pretty popular lake. Okay. What about uh, AIS or any other concerns? Well, I know we do have curly leaf pondweed in the lake, and we want to keep that from, from spreading as well. Um, but uh, let me uh, check. I, I don't think we have any of the other major bad ones here. Let me uh, – oh, I did this again. I forgot to, to open up where I, <laughs> I – yeah, yeah, so I've been, I've been doing a cheat. Ahead of time, I've been, I've been opening up my file. Oh, gun, okay. And I forgot to do that part this time around. There are no other invasive species listed. Um, but again, that curly leaf pondweed can be pretty nasty stuff uh, in our area, even though it's not a, I, I don't think it's listed as a prohibited species. Um, but uh, there's been a lot of treatments on, on Gun Lake and uh, not too far away is Fleming that, uh, you know, it changed the lake so much that uh, we had to forego some uh, shoreline electrofishing in the past because the mats were so bad. Mm, so, okay. you know, just something to think about. Um, Gun Lake, I, I, you know, we didn't really talk about it, but uh, the the bathymetry, the the contours and stuff on Gun, is just an awesome lake. 
from oh. that perspective. Okay. There is a lot of structure out on Gun Lake. So, and it's got islands too. No, oh, I like the <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite things. Yes, yes, I know that, Kev. That's why I said something. All right. Any of them I can camp on? Um, you know what? I would say go on the, the I, I, I think that I think that at least one of them is in public ownership. But uh, go on the county website and, and double check that parcel there, or, or with your Onyx uh, uh, app uh, or whatever you're using, to just be sure. All right, sounds like it's a great lake. It is. It guns uh, guns one of probably one of my favorite lakes in the area. Um, uh, it's a dark water lake, uh, you know, not super super clear, but that uh, that comes with some advantages from the standpoint of fishing. Yeah, absolutely does. It's Gun Lake, our Lake of the Week. Rick Brusiewicz out of the Aitken Area Fisheries Office with all the details. Rick, always great to have you on. Thanks for taking the time today. Oh, you bet, Kevin. Thank you very much. When we return, we check back in with Garrett Spear of Slab Seeker Guide Service and talk more otter tail country fishing. I'm Mike Frisch of Fishing the Midwest, and I'm proud to help Kev Jackson sound smart on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hi, I'm Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. Cast a line this summer and discover the first city on the Mississippi, Bemidji, with over 400 lakes and a 25-mile radius, creates a premier destination for all anglers. With an abundance of multi-species available, you'll catch more fish, bigger fish, and create better stories to last a lifetime. For more information, go to visitbemidji.com. Bemidji points I'm Kevin Cochran, and you're listening to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. Garrett Spear from Otter Tail Country is my guest today. He's the man, the myth, and the legend behind Slab Seeker Guide Service. And Garrett, have you uh, invested in forward-facing sonar yet? You know, I sure have. So here's my story with uh, forward-facing sonar. So I was running the original Garmin Pan Optics for years, and I felt like I spent a ton of money on this. I'm a pretty frugal guy. Anybody who knows me would agree. <laughs> and so I, I had the, the original Pan Optics, not live scope, with the PS22 transducer, and the fish would just show up like a, a dot. You know, and I got, I really like to use side imaging still, and I, I would tell you that I use my side scan far more than I use the, the Pan Optics anyway. That's just how I like to fish. I like to use side imaging to find fish. Um, but I had been using that for years and I got pretty good with finding fish on it. Well, just last week I finally invested in a new live scope with the LVS 34 and, uh, it, it is a game changer. It's pretty amazing. Um, just the, the extra detail I get from that LVS 34 transducer yeah. versus what I had in the PS 22. And, uh, you know, finding fish in the weeds is something that I do often just targeting panfish a lot. And, and there's a pretty big difference with that that new year, <laughs> but it's expensive. I yeah, mean, you know, I'm, you know, I know three thousand bucks. And, uh... <laughs> I, I, I know it's expensive, but uh, yeah, everybody everybody who's serious in the game is getting it. That's for sure. Yep, absolutely. And you know what you'll notice too is uh, I just had a text I got from a good guide customer who is out, you know, doing some stuff on his own on some of the lakes that I've fished with him. And he said, uh, you know, I'm just having a hard time seeing my jig on there. And in open water, what you got to realize is you, you're still not getting quite the definition that you get through the ice. 
you know, and that's what he was kind of complaining about is, boy, through the ice, you know, I can see everything that's happening. Well, you know, you put that down and you've got waves and you've got the boat moving. And so, you know, you're, you're still, ice is kind of, everything is isolated. You know, there's no waves pushing the boat around. The boat isn't moving forward. You're not swinging the, the transducer around wildly on the unit. And so, uh, but it's, it's still pretty amazing technology how you can go out and video game, you know, fish these fish these fish and uh and do it with the precision that you can okay and i haven't messed with uh you know i know loran's is doing some good stuff and hummingbird's doing some stuff now but i've, I've just ran garmin and I'm, I'm probably behind the curve most people have had that new live scope unit for far longer than i have i just got it on my boat this last week how about you kev do you have are you running that uh no no <laughs> i'm not there yet <laughs> I do get to fish with people who do run that, though, so uh, <laughs> I've seen it in action, and it is here's a the other thing I'll, Here's the other thing I'll caution you about on it, too, if you if you haven't kind of dove into this yet, is you can spend far more time looking than you do actually fishing, too. Like, I use my son as an example, so I have an 8-year-old son, and he loves to go out and fish with me, and he really likes to target largemouth bass. He wants to catch he kind of changed when he was younger, you know, he'd always go pan fishing with me. Now he wants to catch a big fish, you know, a five pound, six pound fish. And so we go out with him and I would always throw something big from the front of the boat and steer, you know, like a chatterbait or a big jig or, you know, kind of power fish and look for a couple of bites. And I would have him throw Cinco's on spinning gear from the back of the boat. And, you know, he'd catch all the one, two pound bass and just, just wear them out, you know, and once in a while get a, get a good one that he's looking for. Well, now with the live scope, I tend to go out and, and hunt fish, and you know we don't even make casts until we kind of figure out what we want to what we want to cast to. And uh, you know, and, and he's even mentioned to me that it's not as fun as when we used to just pull off the ramp, put the trolling motor down, and work the weed edge starting right by the boat ramp and just cast. You know, I, I tend to find more time, spend more time hunting than fishing. Oh. But when you find what you're looking for, you can have pretty incredible action. Where a lot of times you'll you'll catch them every single cast and you won't, you know, but you know, that's, I, I caution people with that too. You know, you can go out for a whole afternoon and not even drop a line because you don't find exactly what you're looking for on a new leg. Hmm. Yeah. There, that, that is an issue. I, I that, that does take a little romance out of it. That's for sure. <laughs> right. So especially with kids, I caution people about that too. I mean, um, you know, for me, it's kind of fun to go hunt some too and figure everything out. And then I have a good idea where to bring my guide customers, but you can kind of take some of the fun out of it with your kids too, by having them watch you hunt fish on electronics for a couple hours, you know, <laughs> versus just letting them cast and throw the Cinco worm. Yeah. Boy, that's a fact. Well, listen, if we're going out fishing this weekend, uh, what do we need to bring with us in the boat? What do we need to, uh, be throwing out on the water? Well, it's been a good uh, single one bite for bass. Like I said, I'd definitely do that. Um, you know, anything green pumpkin has been really good up here. Um, for for crappies, um, like those Bobby Garland baby shads have been really good. Um, you know, troll them behind a, get on the weed edge and troll them behind a roadrunner jig about a mile an hour behind the boat. Um, you don't need to have a ton of line out. You know, if you're, if you're hitting too many weeds, reel up a little bit so you don't have quite so much line out. But just get it uh, kind of right on the top of those weeds and just uh, kind of zigzag on that weed edge until you hit some pockets of fish for bluegills. 
you can use your side imaging to look for some beds. There's still some bedding fish. Um, they stick out under your side imaging real well, like perfect moon craters. Let those big ones go. Those are your big genetic fish that you want to pass on those great genetics. Um, also seeing some of those bluegills move to more of that traditional midsummer main lake structure because it seemed like the spawn wrapped up pretty quick. So check out some of those traditional walleye-type spots, and you'll catch a nice, healthy mix of big bluegills and walleyes, um, like, you know, points, deep weed edges, inside turns, humps, anything hard bottom that comes out of deep water up a little shallower. All right. All right. All, all of that sounds very good. Um, we were lamenting the Twins before. Are, are they going to be able to hang on? Are they going to win this division? <laughs> Boy, yeah. I think we got the central, but I think in the general <laughs> scheme of things, uh, I was at the game last night with my son, and uh, and uh, it was it was pretty disappointing. The, the The Red Sox really did a number on us last night, so it's, it's, we need to we need to get our bats going. We, oh. just, we needed some hits. Our pitching was exemplary, I felt like, but we just we couldn't get people on base. Yeah. Okay. I know. All right. Well, you are you you're a big Twins fan too, right? I am. I am, but they're they're irritating the heck out of me the last few years. That's <laughs> Yeah, um, we sure we sure love the Twins in my house, but it's uh it it can be tough. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it can be. All right, before we wrap it up, you have time for a quick fast five? Absolutely. All right, here we go. Fast five with Garrett Sphere of Slab Seeker Guide Service. Three. Fast five. Question number one. In your household, is it dogs or cats? Uh, We don't have either right now, but uh, dogs. Yeah, most people go with dogs, particularly people into the outdoors. They like dogs. (laughs) Absolutely. We've we've owned both. Uh, Currently, we don't have either, but uh, dogs. All right, question number two. What is your favorite pizza topping, and where is your favorite place to get that pizza? Oh, uh, pepperoni and uh, Due North Pizza in Two Harbors, Minnesota. Okay, I've never been there. I'll have to give that a try someday. I'm a little biased. My dad owned that for 35 years. (laughs) Yeah, it'll do it. All right, right, question number three. It's dessert time. Are we having pie or are we having cake? Uh, Pie, for sure. What's your favorite? Oh... Blueberry cream from Betty's in Two Harbors, where I grew up. Blueberry cream. That is a good pie. I love blueberry pie, that's for sure. Uh, and there's a place, um, Jenkins, the the, uh, the A-Pine. They got some great blueberry cream pie there, too. All right. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. You have to, yeah. Question number four. Now, this will be interesting because you spend a lot of time going after a panfish. What is the biggest fish you've ever caught, though? Uh, tarpon in Florida, uh, about 120-some pounds. <laughs> That's a big fish. That is a big fish. What, what's your biggest uh, uh, freshwater fish? Uh, king salmon on Lake Michigan. I caught one a couple falls ago that was, you know, in that 30-pound range. Okay. All right. And finally, question number five. Garrett, you have been sentenced to uh, fishing purgatory. You will be allowed to fish every day for all of eternity, but only on one lake. What lake is that going to be? 
Oh, boy, this is a tough one because I probably don't want to say the name. <laughs> <laughs> the funnest ones for me in Ottertail County are, uh, you know, kind of off the beating path where you got a half hour of gravel to get there. Oh. Um, those are the ones I really enjoy spending time on. But, uh, you know, I'd have to say, uh, I'd say, oof, that's a tough question. I Honestly, I'd say... Uh, I'd probably say Malax. I, I really enjoy going up there, and I haven't I haven't got to do it in a few years now. But boy, I sure sure enjoy it. I mean, there's uh, just kind of everything you want—a whole bunch of structure out there. There's big smallmouth. There's walleyes. I tend to bounce from thing to thing, and we'll pick up the bass rods for a while and go chase brown bass, and then you know we'll go walleye fishing in the morning and the evening, and it's just a fun place to spend time. There's big pike you control for. Okay. Well, that, that's, that's, a, that's a great choice for all of those reasons, all the different kind of fish, and there's a lot of water to cover for sure. All right, Garrett, uh, before we wrap it up, if somebody wants to discover those great lakes in Ottertail Country and uh, catch some nice, uh, some nice panfish with you and, and, and bass and, and anything else, how do they get lined up to go fishing with you? Uh, yeah, we have a website. It's slabseekerfishing.com. Or you can go to Facebook and type in Slab Seeker Fishing. Otherwise, my cell phone number is 320-428-5174. You can give me a call or shoot me a text, and we'll get you out on the water. All right. That's Garrett Svear of Slab Seeker Guide Service. Garrett, thanks for taking the time today. It was great to talk to you. Hey, thanks for having me on. Go Twins. Let's turn this thing around. Heck yeah. (laughs) That'll do it for today's show. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks to my guest, Garrett, and, of course, Rick from the Aiken Area Fisheries Office. And, hey, a lot of people take the time to let me know they're listening to the show and they like it. I would really do appreciate it. Thank you for that. We've got a great show tomorrow. Jason Durham steps in to take us into the weekend. F-I-S-H-I-I-N, Paul Bunyan Country.